Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon. This is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to the Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional in 2021. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn as one of 15 innovative sales influencers to follow in 2021. In this episode, my guest, Judy Franks, talks about her experience of being in tech sales over 30 years ago and how the pandemic has changed our skills to the extent that we are better equipped for insightful and focused conversations, whether that be in the face-to-face, offline or the online world. My next guest helps sales teams, sales management and leadership to create high performance, results focused winning teams to maximize revenue, profitability and grow market share. Welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, Judy Frank. Hi, how are you? So great to see you, Janice. Thank you so much for having me. It's great for you to be um, here. And uh, I know we know we have a lot of friends in in common. So, you know, it's really great to have another friend uh, come on the show. Uh, First of all, tell me a bit more about how your business has changed um, due to the pandemic. What are you doing less of and, and more of? I know everyone says we're, you know, virtual. We have to be virtual. But what aspect of your business is evolving? Yes, it, it really was uh, quite an abrupt change back in March 2020. And I was fortunate that I worked for a company or I represented a company that does a lot of research and they actually did a study in May to understand from the buyer's perspective, what is different? What's working? What's not working? What are the things the salespeople need to do? Because salespeople like myself, we all had to adjust how we were operating. It was a whole different ballgame. Even though I've done it for 30, 40 years, it's like, oh, we go from a 2D, from a 3D world to a 2D world. And so that really requires a totally different approach. So there was a need to recognize that we need to project ourselves professionally in a very different way. So it's about lighting and video. So you know how that first impression when we meet someone, well, now it's about the, you know, are we fuzzy? Is the lighting right? Is the background right? There's things that we never even considered in previous, uh, in the way we sold face-to-face. But now we need to really be conscious of how we're being received and perceived in a very 2D world. And so um, projecting professionalism required mastering technology in new and different ways, engaging customers in ways that we hadn't had to in the past, things like uh, polls and surveys and recognizing that we have to um, engage buyers in a different way. Um, There's a lot of studies that have been done and they found that the first 30 seconds you need to grab their attention And then you shouldn't be talking for more than five minutes and then do something else to grab their attention. So whether it's a poll or a survey or or you ask a question and you have them answer in a chat box 
It's about visuals. We have to create more engagement in order to connect with them. So is this what you were doing in terms of your training online? You adapted the way that you trained online to make sure that every five minutes you, you grabbed their attention and then gave them a bit of content, grabbing attention, which is something that you wouldn't do in face-to-face. -face. In fact, you might look a bit crazy doing that face-to-face. -face. <laughs> right, it would be a little manic. Um, yes, I mean, typically there was, you know, you would talk more. So I was doing training and consulting and um, coaching. And as a result of having to now train virtually, it required a very different approach. Mm -hmm. Much and I more. Wonder how, what now are you, um, you know, it, there's people that are going back into the face-to-face, -face, you know, it's kind of a hybrid world. Are there skills from your sales training, coaching and consulting that you think even face to face, there's aspects that I will take forward because this works in this particular way? Yeah, great question. And it is absolutely true. I mean, McKinsey has done tons of studies. So, you know, as has Forrester and all the, the guys, 82% um, of buyers are saying they're never going to go back to just face-to-face. -face. They really love this hybrid world. So there's things that we can use that we can apply that we've used in the virtual world, like creating more engagement, like, you know, uh, virtual whiteboarding, real whiteboarding, uh, more collaboration, um, recognizing that you need to speak to people in their language. It's about tone, cadence, volume, and speed, being way more conscious of body language than maybe we had in the past. Uh, because it becomes much more critical in the virtual world. Um, and influencing buyers, we need to paint the picture visually, even in the face-to-face -face world. You know, here's your current state, here's what the world could look like if you work with us and engage us and embrace our solution, and here's how we're gonna get you there. So creating that visual for them appeals to the reptilian brain and it helps you to accelerate the sales process mm -hmm. so i would think that that would definitely um benefit the face-to-face -face interaction as well as the online i think you make a really good point in that the skills that we've we've developed in in terms of the um storytelling and being really visual in our words are critical online, but actually you realize we were quite lazy face-to-face because -face we had our body language and we could move around. But now when you put those things in, I would imagine that you could shorten the length of time you're in the face-to-face -face because you're more efficient in the way that you're telling the story and you're using language. I was speaking to a client of mine literally a couple of hours before this, and they were told me that their, their ability to actively listen has been trained in this virtual world that when they go into the face-to-face situation, they realize they're paying more attention more deeply, which is fantastic. Yes, it's amazing mm. because we have no choice. <laughs> and so we had to develop that skill um, that really wasn't being challenged before. Yeah. And I agree with you. I see that um, with the people that I coach. There is more intention around preparing for the call 
it's more purposeful, it's more to the point. There's recognition that there is a cutoff timeline. The other thing is, um, you know, the you, you used to want to have a lot of people in a meeting, but online that's not as effective. There's something called the Ringelman effect where you want to just have the people that need to be there because it impacts your ability to have the kind of engagement that you really need and want in order to move business forward and, and accelerate a sales process. Mm. Okay, so talking about accelerating a, a sales process, um, what do your view is the way that uh, B2B sales has shifted? Is it um, buyer and uh, customer centric enough or do you feel that there's more that can be done? You know, I just, I, I find it humorous. I mean, there's always, you know, the year of the, the customer. Well, when wasn't it the year of the customer? I mean, I, I don't understand that being in sales for, you know, decades. Um, but this actually is the year of the person. And they're saying it's not just the customer experience, it's also the employee experience. So companies are looking at it from both perspectives. Um, in respect to your question about, you know, the buyer's experience, the customer's experience, it's always about them. It's all about them. We have to be 100% focused on them. So the opportunity is to connect with them in a way that is going to be meaningful. So asking the right questions at the right time in the right way, doing a comprehensive needs analysis, having a distinct sales process, um, being the expert on them. The biggest compliment I ever got from a customer was, you know us better than we know ourselves. Because as salespeople, we're talking to different departments and divisions of large corporations. And so we get the holistic perspective, whereas each person that we're dealing with is only looking at it through their lens. And so we really have the opportunity to shape and guide an organization and to move and educate them in ways that will benefit the organization um, holistically as well as individually, personally and professionally. I think that's an excellent point, Judy. I know that I've been in situations where they've actually introduced people to people within their own company and exactly. said, you know, you really need to talk to X, Y, and Z. Um, these large organizations, they are often, we, are, we know, they work in silos and they don't know what right arm and left arm is doing. And you're, you're, it's perfect what you're saying that you haven't often have an overview because you have to go in, you have to almost mine for that information and find out who's the right person and who's holding um, that, that knowledge. Exactly. So you become, you know, an expert in their company and provide them new insights, new ideas, new perspectives that they hadn't considered and create, like you said, the connections to other people in the organization cross-functionally that enable them to be more successful. So I think our job is to make our customers heroes. Mm -hmm. Our job is to enable them to accomplish their goals or achieve their initiatives. Our job is to figure out what we need to do, what solutions we need to provide them, partners we need to engage, other organizations we need to involve to enable them to be successful. I mean, that to me is a salesperson's job is to make their buyers, their customers successful because the more successful they are, the more successful we are. Yeah, yeah. So what practical strategy could you offer listeners to enable them to, their buyers to buy? 
You know, I love this question. And there's so, there, you know, I could like talk for hours about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, practically it's about, number one, is it's about building rapport, creating time and space, whether it's a virtual meeting or not, to build rapport. People buy from people. People sell to people. It's all about people. So we have to create that connection because people buy from their hearts and they justify in their minds. So we have to build time and space in virtual meetings to build that rapport, create that connection, because if we can't connect, we can't win. We think we need to have a very distinct sales process. Um, I'm all about process. Process, consistency, structure, reward and recognition are key elements um, of leading and scaling a sales organization. Um, everything I ever needed to know about building sales organizations, I learned teaching fifth and sixth grade many, many, many years ago. And so when you have fifth and sixth graders and you're trying to get inspire and motivate them to learn, you have to be creative and you have to be consistent and you have to have structure and process and reward and recognition. And so everything, so we're just big kids. So I've applied what I learned back in the 70s to building and leading sales organizations and growing sales organizations for the past 30 plus years. So to me, it's having a defined sales process, having a defined strategic account management process. You have, you know, you've got the street, uh, strategic account teams that are calling on the big of the big, the best of the best, the creme de la creme accounts, and they don't have a defined strategic account process or a strategic account plan, um, opportunity plans. You know, if we don't plan to win, we're not going to win. We're not going to get there. We don't know where we're going. So I'm big about structure, process, and consistency. And then reward and recognition. You need to ask people. I Years ago, one of my first management roles in 1990, I was in Manhattan. I had an administrative assistant. And I was giving him all kinds of positive feedback, which I thought was resonating with him. And one day he said, you know, how you're recognizing me isn't working for me which shocked me, but really was like, great, tell me what will. And so I always ask people who work for me, how do you wanna be recognized? What will be meaningful for you? Because in order for us to inspire inspire them, motivate them and unleash their potential, we need to understand what it's gonna take to unlock that for that individual, because each person's different. And if we don't ask the question, we can just assume and be off base and really not enable them to realize their greatest potential. So it's interesting that we reward people the way we want to be rewarded. And we don't think, we think we're almost shocked when it's not working for for them. Um, There's this uh, book, Five Languages of of Love. And it's very similar in in that way. Um, So yeah, that's really interesting. So I'm really interested in how you got into sales. How did you start? Well, I believe everybody's in sales. I think we've been in sales since we were little kids when we were like selling for later bedtime to go out and play with our friends, to get our parents to buy us toys. Um, My father was an entrepreneur. I used to go to work with him. I used to listen to him on the phone. So I've been in sales or have sales around me like my entire life. And so I've always believed that every, I don't care if sales is in your title, you're in sales, you're selling yourself, you're selling your ideas, you're selling your opinions, you're selling your concepts, you're selling people to join your company, to embrace your vision, you're selling people to um, join you 
and engage with you. And even I watch my nieces and nephews when they were little, I would watch them sell themselves to create friendships. So um, sales to me is interesting in that we've always done it. And then just in the last 10 years, it's actually been recognized as a profession. There's 16 universities that have a sales uh, degree that you can get and which is wonderful because years ago, sales was not viewed as a um, profession, if you will. And now it, it is extremely important. Sales skills, people skills, they're the heart and soul of every, any industry you're in and any business you're part of. So true, so true. So, you know, what's your view in, on diversity in the B2B selling industry? What's progressed, what's not? You've been in sales leadership and then the time, you know, from the 1970s, if you said that you've been in the, the sales industry, so much has changed. So what's your view? Well, actually, 80s, I, I was in sales, 80s. but <laughs> Sorry. You know, professional sales, but, yeah. um, but uh, I was one of, um, I was doing strategic alliances globally for a Fortune 25 company, and there were 240 people doing this job, and I was the only woman. So the world has changed, gratefully. Has it changed enough? No, but there are so many more women in significant roles of responsibility, authority, power, women CEOs, women at senior levels within organizations that traditionally didn't allow them. So I think that there is great progress we've made, <clears throat> but unfortunately not enough. Um, as always, I mean, you know, I've been marching since the 60s, so, you know, we're still marching. Um, but I think that there is so much more knowledge and insight around the value and the strengths that women bring to the table. Because it's all about relationships and women are wired for relationships and empathy and um, resilience. And it's women are just better leaders. They are better leaders. They're better salespeople um, because it's all based on you know, how you connect with people and engage with them, collaborate with them, and are able to influence them. So, you know, diversity continues to be a conversation. Has it improved? Yes. Is it where it needs to be? No. Um, hopefully it will in our lifetime. Yeah. And it is great being part of the, the Women's Sales Pro organization. And also I'm part of um, Girls Who Sell. Um, just to try and keep that conversation going. And like we were saying before uh, we started recording that this podcast, uh, the aim is to have 50% women, 20% ethnic minorities. We want a diversity of views and experiences of what it's like and, and also insights to give to, you know, what is a global community, a, a global set of buyers and a global set of sellers as, as well. Great, I love that. It's it's, uh, it's so needed. I find I don't know about you that um, organizations, you know, the the kind of women's like Women's Sales Pro, Joanne Black. Um, I've been following her for I don't know 50, twenty years or so, and at that time there was very few visible women in in sales. You know, Jill Conrath and and the like. 
there's they've done so much for women in sales but as you say judy you know we're making progress but it's it's not enough um so we've got to just continue haven't we yes i mean it's it's about you know just persistence tenacity and um just keeping our eye on the ball it's like sales you know you you know it's not over until you have exhausted every possible op, you know, option, avenue, way to connect with that buyer. We, we have our eye on the goal, an eye on the ball, and we, we're doing whatever it takes and using whatever resources are required. So I'm thrilled that there's people like you who are giving women um, an opportunity to share their experiences and there's lots of organizations that are focused on women um years ago in the 80s i was part of uh, women in technology witty um and it was just uh carolyn layton was the founder and she actually um i worked with her quite closely in silicon valley and we just created that chapter and expanded it and included you know all of the companies that were part of silicon valley in the 80s. So um, women have been pulling together, learning from each other, pulling each other up, and we have to continue to do that, reach back and make it easier for those who come um, after us. Yeah, excellent, well said. So Judy, how can listeners get hold of you? Um, I'm on LinkedIn like everyone else. Um, <laughs> or most people, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. The statistic is 83% of people meet you first via LinkedIn. So your profile is so critical. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, so I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, um, linkedin.com backslash in backslash Judy Frank. So it's not hard to find me. I'm on Twitter. Um, I can be reached at jfrank322, excuse me, jfrank. <laughs> at raingroup.com. <laughs> I have five email addresses. I'm not sure which one to, to, to give you. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll put it all in, in the show notes. So let me ask you a final question. Who is your hero or shero? You know, I love this question and it's really, I'm so excited about um, what Brene Brown has done <clears throat> by opening up the conversation around uh, being vulnerable and resilience and leading with the heart. Um, it's to me, it's just incredible movement. I mean, it's it, because of her, people are having different kinds of conversations with the people that are part of the organizations. You've got incredibly successful shows like Ted Lasso on TV that show how a leader can transform an organization by belief, by kindness, by supporting people, by letting, by being vulnerable and letting other people be vulnerable. So I really love that it's not that hard driving, you know, macho junk going on. It's really about being heartfelt and operating from the heart, recognizing that people buy from the heart. And so we have to sell with heart. And so Brene Brown to me is, is a real pioneer who's really changed the game. And I love the new paradigm. Excellent. Thank you for that, Judy. Judy, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Scale Your Sales podcast. Thank you for joining us and sharing your insights. 
Thank you, Janice, for the opportunity. It was great to meet you. I hope that this was helpful for your viewers, and I look forward to future opportunities for our paths to cross. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.